When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's Steve here with Jimmy, episode 115 recording just uh, about, I'd say, four hours after Roma rallied late at the San Siro to, to take a point away from Milan. I know it's been a little while since we've recorded with the holidays. So Jim, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all our listeners and uh, welcome back. Yeah, Happy New Year to everybody. I gotta say, uh, the first 70 to 75 minutes of this one were really frustrating. To the point where I will admit that I turned off the match and did some yoga for about half an hour to try to like clear my head because I was just so frustrated with how Roma were doing. It seemed like yet another match where they would not be able to stand up to any of the decent teams in Serie A. But I guess that's what did it. Um, Because when I checked my phone after I finished my yoga, it was a 2-2 draw. So I had to watch the rest. Instead of having to vent for 45 minutes on this podcast, uh, I had to watch the highlights and uh, watch the rest of the match um, on replay. And I'm happy that I did because I, as much as this was a drab and disappointing match for an extended period of time, uh, getting getting a point off of the current reigning Scudetto champions who've been looking very good. Um, I'm, I'm impressed that Roma had the mentality to, to steal a point here. Yeah, I mean, I, I sent a, a message as soon as Roma got their second. Like, uh, Jim started his his yoga a bit too early in our, our CDT group text, our staff text. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was ready to come on here. And, like, I, I try not to be too vulgar because I don't know if there's, like, kids listening in the background or whatever. So I, I try to try to keep the curses to a minimum. But, man, I was ready to just, like, I basically said it in our group text, this team effing stinks because – it was awful for close to 80 minutes. It was just, it was just awful. And, um, you know, Mourinho wasn't on the sidelines, but you know, the, the negative, I guess, football as everybody calls it when they're on the road in these big matches, just, I guess the anti-football, just sit back, defend, 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 and hope to hit something on the counter. But the last couple of times Roma has been doing this, they have not been able to hit on the counter. I I looked at, um, I think it was AS Roma data put up the kind of average player positioning at halftime. And when you saw it, you were like, Tammy was more withdrawn than both Dybala and Zaniolo. And I think the wingbacks are. And that's been a massive problem. Yeah. And that's, that's been a massive problem all season. I think that a lot of the reason why he hasn't necessarily been scoring to the level that we expected after last season is because he has been playing further back. Uh, I don't know if that's a tactical decision on Mourinho's part. Now that he's got a player like Dybala uh, to put behind him, but whatever the case may be, it's been disappointing. On the other hand, I will say that as much as he was frustrating throughout much of this match, it is very encouraging for him to have scored two goals in two matches now. And it's even more encouraging that he's been scoring those goals when they really matter. Um, like, I still think that he's got a lot of value to this team. Uh, and 
one thing that I said when I wrote my uh, kind of looking ahead the 2023 article for CDT was that these forwards, somebody was going to have to start getting hot. Uh, somebody needed to start scoring goals, whether it was Zaniolo, Abraham, Belotti, somebody. And I wouldn't necessarily say he's hot just yet, but I would say that he's doing far better in 2023 than he had been in 2022 for club and country. Yeah, I mean, one goal this today, he saved the goal pretty much. So he basically was what he did yeah. defensively uh, was worth uh, three points on Wednesday as he saved the goal. He came off the bench in that one after Pellegrini had the, the PK. I didn't get to watch that match. I know you didn't get to watch that match. But I know when I kept checking my phone on when I had a couple breaks here and there during during the day, I was like, sixth minute, we should be scoring two, three goals in this match. And they, they didn't. Um, so encouraging to get two today, both very late. I mean, Tammy, I thought... Um, and you know, the more I watch him now, and when I start seeing these like heat maps and things like that, you start to realize why he's been struggling to score goals. He's not getting service in and around the box like he was last year. I think they do miss yeah. Henrik Mkhitaryan a lot in that regard. Um, you know, Pellegrini still serves in some balls and, and he ended up being the reason they basically put both goals in today were, were his set pieces that led to the goals. One directly, uh, assisted to Ibanez, one that Matic headed and then Tammy put in the, the rebound. Um, but you kind of have to feel for Tammy. I mean, there have been some matches, and and I I was hard on him right before the World Cup break. He looked um, a bit downtrodden, a bit lethargic. He wasn't really putting in the effort today. I thought he did pretty well holding up the ball um, when he had to and, and and battling defenders when he had to. He ended with 34 touches um, in 90 minutes, which isn't a ton, but the goal was the huge thing, right? And his his XG was 0.87, yeah. mainly because of that one shot was, was pretty much point blank. Keeper had no chance once he couldn't um you know bring home the 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 Matic header um but I thought he had a, a pretty good game I think maybe not starting on Wednesday sent a message to him um mm-hmm. and 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 Roma needs him to start scoring Roma really does I mean you look at the if you sort the first half or second half stats Roma's first half xg was 0.09 with 30 percent possession no shots on target I think they had no shots on target for the first 78 minutes uh and then they had three yeah. total two of them going in the goal uh, and the other was the rebound uh, off Matic's header. So basically, all the shots on target were in two plays. Um, and even yeah. Roma, who can have a volume of shots in a match, right? A big, large volume, many off target. Only a two off target and three block by Milan. Only eight total shots. But on the flip side, Jim, and I, you could talk more about Tammy if you want, but on the flip side, too, just to, to set you up a little bit, is they held Milan to only six total shots. And in the second half, the, posi- the possession was basically 50-50. Uh, those are the second half stats. I'm sorry. I wasn't looking at the, to- the whole game. I was looking at those are second half. Um, so just to correct myself, both teams had 12 total shots, but Roma only had those mm-hmm. three on target. Um, I mean, I know, will so- say, yeah. Yeah. One thing I would just add is that I feel like we got the the best and the worst of the Rodri Banyas experience. Yes. Uh, <laughs> with this match. Yes. Uh, but in the sense that he scored a crucial goal, obviously he brought gave this, this team life when they desperately needed it in the 87th minute. Uh, and it was a good goal on his part. No question. Mm-hmm. Very good. header. But he was definitely, he was also definitely directly related to both of the goals that Milan scored before that. Yeah. Uh, which is frustrating. Uh, I mean, I remember seeing a quote from some manager, I forget who uh, recently about young defenders saying, basically you need to just accept that for young defenders with promise to become great defenders, they need to have the playtime where they, if they have a howler, they're not just like yanked and never given time on the pitch again. And I think we sometimes forget how young Rodri Banya still is. 
Still twenty three. Um, still a guy who was. There was a guy who's. He was a guy who's still going to be on. I think he just turned twenty four. Um, he was a guy who was still on our um. U twenty three countdown. Yeah, that's right. I think he made it by summer. like a month, right? I think he made the cut by a yeah. month and turned. Him and Zaniolo were were on that list for the last time last summer, and that's something that we need to remember that like not every center back is going to be a Marquinhos who just like seems to be like perfect out of the womb uh and with this situation with Ibanez like do I find it incredibly frustrating a lot of the time watching him play yes like I do um in terms of players who like I just actively want to shout at on my tv screen he's probably up there uh for Roma right now however the impact that he can have on a game is probably only matched by a couple people uh, on this squad. I'm thinking Dybala, Smalling, Tammy at his best, Zaniolo at his best, uh, Pellegrini at his best. Uh, he's in that tier of player for this club. So as frustrating as it is that he was directly related to the two goals that Milan scored, the fact that he was able to like persist and ended up scoring a goal himself makes it like it just sums up the entire Roger Ibanez experience. Yeah. And, and 24 is still relatively young for a defender. It, it's starting to get to the point where sometimes you're like, come on, like, I, is this what Roger is now? But you know, you're right. The defenders, they take, they do take a, a while to mature sometimes. And he still has that high ceiling. You can see he made some progressive runs in the match once in a while and would, would move the ball. Well, and that's what he does. And I forget which match it was prior. Um, I was, it was one I had one of the guests on. I don't know if it was Saruti or Wayne Gerard or one of those. And they were talking about, I, I think it was Saruti. And he talked about like with Ibanez, like he's the only guy that can push the ball from the back. And sometimes he's going to make those mistakes where he gets caught uh, dribbling into somebody or making a bad pass in pressure. And, and you got to kind of live with the good and the bad with him. And that's kind of what we saw today. He didn't make those kind of mistakes, but he got completely lost his mark on the Kalulu goal um and then not great positioning i guess was the 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 main fault on the the second goal as well that pobega ended up scoring off the bench um yeah which was a pretty nice shot on his part i'll give him that he hit it one time and and caught roma out but yeah i mean roger roger giveth and roger taketh right i mean that's kind of what we've been seeing with him now for i guess he's going like three and a half seasons in rome um yep it's crazy how time flies and the, the upside is still high, but the mistakes, I think, with defenders more than forwards and other positions are more glaring because they directly lead to goals for the opposition a lot of the time. Um, and yeah. I think that's why Roger will produce more frustration sometimes than Zaniolo or or Tammy this season because his mistakes sometimes will cost Roma a match. I mean, Tammy and Zaniolo have gotten their own criticism this year, too, because they've missed plenty of chances. So I don't want to say they, they don't get criticism, but... Yeah. Um, Daniolo, I was disappointed today. Uh, I did not think he had a very good yeah, match. Yeah, I was too. Um, I don't, and, and, I don't know what to make of him right now. Yeah, honestly. But I will also just say that I don't think, I don't think that our forwards in general had very good matches today. And the fact that we were able to get a draw out of this match, despite having them be in not excellent form, does encourage me to a certain extent. Uh, I think that. Zaniolo in particular is a player who we need to do better. Like I, th- yes. I, I think that it's a pretty fair statement to say that if Zaniolo is able to rediscover even like a little bit of his form that we know he has, uh, it'll become 
so much easier for Roma to achieve the Champions League for next season. Yes. Uh, I th- like. I think that honestly, that might be the deciding factor for this team. If Zaniolo is able to get hot, then it changes a lot of things. Uh, we haven't really seen that yet, which is disappointing because we all know how good he can be, uh, and I still believe in him to get better. But yeah, the, today he still needs to learn how to push through defenders a little bit more easily. Uh, and I know that they specifically target him and make his life hell every single time. But after a certain point, you have to realize the refs aren't going to save you and force your way through. And with him too, I gave him that grace period last year. I was like, he needs at least 12 months to probably find his, his form again after that second knee surgery. And he started to show signs toward the end of last year, scored some big goals in the conference league, including in the, in the final. And then I expected, a much better season this year. I didn't expect him to be, you know, superstar status maybe right away, but I thought he'd be producing more than he has. And it's, it's not even like he, like bad luck with Tammy last year where he hit the post a few times. And it's not like he just, his decision-making still needs work. Um, not making great plays. And, and I, I still have hope for him because again, what he just turned 24, I think, or is going to turn 24 before the summer's out um, before our next countdown. And, he's just not doing it right now. And I don't, I think he has to play through some things too, but at the same time, he's going to have that quick hook in matches like this and be the first guy off the field. If he's going to continue to do what he did today. I mean, he uh, lost possession eight times on 21 touches. He was one of eight on ground duels. Um, only made nine passes, did complete eight of them, but you know, eight of nine is not a lot of passes, and a lot of touches in about 60 minutes of play uh, 66 yeah. minutes actually. So um he's the guy who's gonna have to figure it out hopefully tammy starts to figure it out hopefully today helps tammy figure things out because if he figures it out then that takes maybe a little bit of the pressure off of a zaniolo um because someone else could be producing goals and you know when they're both struggling at the same time it just i think the weight of the world falls in the two of them because somebody's got to score and, and and all the eyes are on them maybe if tammy's scoring it takes a little pressure off zaniolo where he can kind of find his game in a little less in the spotlight so to speak um but there was a point where I sent a, a text to my buddy, Nick, who's been on here, um, you know, and I said, like, at one point, are you going to pull off one of these three center backs for a striker? And it was right after Ibanya, and Ibanya's happened to just score right at that time. He's like, well, your center back just scored. I'm like, yeah, but like, <laughs> you can't expect that to happen every time. Like, so yeah. tactically too, and, and I don't know, I'm not, you know, I'm not Jose Mourinho. Mourinho wasn't even on the sideline, faulty was, but I'm sure he was getting things radioed in to one of the assistants on the sideline and, and relayed to him. Yeah, But I think... You know, at times the back three does really well for us because it really limits what other teams can do in attack. But when you're chasing a match, man, like the midfield was non-existent for a while. And I have to say, I was surprised. I was first of all surprised when I saw the starting lineup on Wednesday with Tahirovic starting. And then he was one of the first guys off the bench today. Um, ahead of yeah, Mati Kamara. Um, you know, Spinazzola didn't get in this match when Zalewski got pulled. It was Matic and and to, to hear of it. So clearly this kid has a lot of respect for Mourinho and the staff to come into a match like this where Roma's down and in need of kind of just settling things down in the midfield. They, they went with the kid 18 years old. Yeah. 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah. 19 years old. And he is definitely showing a lot of calmness on the ball that I didn't yeah. necessarily anticipate. I knew that he was a highly rated prospect, but I didn't think of him as necessarily ready for prime time just yet. Uh, it's very hard to know if anyone will be. But in he's not going to be the type of midfielder that like has flashy 
goals as far as i'm aware like he seems like a very like that's not his job in any on any squad uh but in terms of providing kind of a calm box-to-box presence yeah uh which roma's been pretty desperate for over the past several months he's doing a good job and Did not seem rattled at that's all. actually not to take away like i would also say that i do think that cristante put in a good shift today uh i know that he gets a lot of flack sometimes but i do think that he put in a good shift today i think that Mourinho still has some work to do when it comes to figuring out how to make that double pivot work or if that double pivot isn't just like I I don't know if that's the way to go going forward because the midfield has been such a black hole in terms of like half the reason why I think our forwards aren't doing well is because we have they haven't been getting good service from the midfield but at the same time it's very hard for any of those midfielder like it seems like the tactics don't suit the midfielders that we have yeah uh, to have that double pivot and yeah. i don't know what the solution is there necessarily other than changing the tactic i would be very interested in seeing if that happens but then the question becomes how do you play zaniolo and dibal at the same time or and like further things like that like there are definitely a lot of complicated factors again i'm not Mourinho. i'm not going to be able to solve this one but i do think that there should be there is a starting 11 that exists where our midfield is better than this. I have to imagine that. And yeah. so I, I think that's a big question coming going forward, like how we actually make the midfield sing. And I think a lot of people are going to start pointing fingers at when Haldem, who's supposed to be back in a couple of weeks, he's back to full training. But, you know, we yeah. have Monopoly at the end of the month in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, he's not going to be fully 90-minute fit. Even if he's back, he's probably a bench player in a match like that, right? And that, that's a match where you're going to need to settle the midfield down. And I'm looking at the stats. Tahirovic was 19 of 19 on passes, two of two on on long balls. Um, you know, Matic came in. He was also very accurate, 19 of 22 on passes. So those guys came in and, and did settle things down, and Roma did. And I'm sure part of it was Milan didn't feel like they needed as much possession because they were up two goals. But Roma, after being, you know, total possession was, I think it ended up being like 70-30, but second half was about 50-50. And I think a lot of it had to do with shoring up the midfield a little bit more and to correct myself Zalewski switched over to the right of Selic who came out of the out of the match later on um mm-hmm. but it it just goes to show you the faith that um Mourinho is placing in Tahirovic in Zalewski yeah. young players comes with the ma- reputation of a manager who doesn't play young guys but we saw Spurs he did um at previous stops he probably didn't have to because Real Madrid was loaded Ch- his Chelsea sides were loaded yeah. with talent and United was loaded right um, Spurs spent money for him too, not to the extent of those other clubs. And Roma, you know, we know their budgetary confinement, and and they're bringing up these young players, and he's playing them. And I think the solution, and I know the four-two-three-one has been his bread and butter for many, many years as a manager. I don't think we have the personnel to play the double pivot and then to play wingers right now, because really, you look at the yeah. roster. Who are the, who are the wingers? Solbach and it was a winger at Bodo hasn't hasn't yeah. played yet. Um, El Shirari can mm-hmm. play on the wing, but he even came up as a second striker at, at Milan when he was there, right? So he can play wide or he can play central. Z- uh, yeah. done the same in his career. You don't really want to shove Paulo Dybala out wide. You're not going to shove Pellegrini out yeah. wide, even though Roberto Mancini loves to do that with the national team for some reason. Yeah, um, also Roberto Mancini should be fired, whatever, and pass it on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so my my idea is you almost have to play if you want to take off a center back and maybe, you know, maybe don't do it against Napoli because you want to add the extra layer of defense in there. Maybe you do it next week against Fiorentina. Maybe try a 4-3-1-2 or 4-3-2-1 where Pellegrini's in a three-man midfield with like a Matic and Cristante or Tahirovic or somebody and you let Matic kind of yeah. defend in front of the midfield. And then when, when Haldun's back, he can play a Mezzalo-type role and you, you have a little more solid, 
uh, solidity in the midfield. And, you know, Dybala yeah. can play behind Zaniolo and Abraham, or you can play two behind Abraham, something to that effect, because, you know, the only person that kind of hurts, I guess, is Zalewski, because can he play a, a true left back position? I don't know. Um, you know, left wing back, you have a little more coverage with Ibanez behind you there. Um, Spinozola has done it with the national side, right? We've seen him play in a four-man back line. Selleck is more defensively sound than Karzorp, so I'm sure he could. I, I, I think it's just an option because I don't see how they play with wingers in like the four, two, three, one and, and the double pivot. But I do think they need yeah. to shore up that midfield a bit. And, and the better teams in city, I'll kill them in midfield every time. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, I think that if I doubt that we'll see very much tactical changes in the Copa Italia match on Thursday, uh, simply because I think that Mourinho probably recognizes that winning the Copa is, would be a great next step. For this I forgot we even had um, that on Thursday. Wow. So we've got that before Fiorentina yeah. Sunday, huh? Mm. Yeah. That Copa match is happening on Thursday. I would not expect to see too much rotation there or tactical shifts. But going forward, I hope, you know, maybe against Spezia, maybe against Empoli, maybe even against Fiorentina because they haven't been doing that hot, um, that maybe we can see a little bit more uh, from kind of the creative side of things for Mourinho uh I'm not overly optimistic like the fact that we've been getting young players on the field is a win in and of itself and it's kind of a necessity for where Roma is right now both financially and you know with the good talent that it has in its um academy system however you know I think changes do need to happen and so we'll see how those actually transpire but you know I'm, I'm relatively optimistic yeah, I, I forgot the Copa was Thursday and it's a general side who's in Serie B right now I'm wondering if you see at least a couple players that maybe aren't a regular starting 11 type player. Like it's a Hirovich, I would not be surprised if he starts. Maybe you give, you know, I, I don't think he's going to change too much. Like you said, that could be like an Al Shirari match. He was kind of rewarded on Wednesday for his hard work with the start. Um, maybe you see, well, Kambula is going to probably play next weekend, right? Cause Ibanez is suspended. If they decide to go stick with the three man back line, or maybe that's a, that's a good reason to switch out of that three man back line with Ibanez uh, suspended for next week. Um, you yeah. know, gives them, gives them a little push to, to give a four man back line and go, but definitely some things to work on. The midfield needs to be fixed and you can't just wait around for when Halden because, oh, actually Mancini and Ibanez will both be suspended next week. I'm looking at the, uh, Dati <laughs> on the probable formations from Gazette the pre-match. So, uh, yeah. did Cristante, he didn't get a yellow card, did he in this match? I don't think. Uh, no, he did not. Okay. So he's still available. The other two are suspended for next week. So that'll... That'll make things interesting. Does he go with Smalling and Kambula in the the four-man back line? You know, Kambula has not played a lot. Or does he go Kambula and then does he play someone like a Spinazzola as a third um, back or a Selic, I wonder? That'll be something interesting to keep an eye on against Fiorentina, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, yeah, we'll definitely need to be a little bit creative with that match. Uh, but on the bright side, that does give Mourinho more cover to rotate less in the Thursday match. If all those players are going to be suspended. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. The, the center backs probably don't the, rotate. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, knock on wood, but Fiorentina don't scare me too much this season. Like Luka Jovic is great, but outside of that, they don't scare me too much. So I think that if there was a time for tweaking, uh, it would probably be coming up. Yeah, I thought they'd be a threat for a European spot. They're not proving to be that. They they barely escaped with a 2-1 win over Sassuolo at home yesterday. Uh, late penalty yeah. kick from Nico Gonzalez to, to get them the two point, uh, three points, yeah. the second goal. 
Uh, a yeah. 1-1 against, I think it was Monza. Negative goal Wednesday. differential. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Italiano was like the new hot coach last year. He was the new big thing, right? And kind of like we saw Deserbi and some of these other guys that every year there's like that new hot coach. And he was it last year and has not yeah. been as good for Fiorentina. Hopefully I don't jinx it here with the way I'm talking about them. But yeah, six wins, six losses, five draws and 17. Uh, not all that impressive when you compare them to the top seven. Um, top seven getting interesting, Jim, though. I mean, Lazio, God bless, two <laughs> two blown wins late this week, giving Roma yeah. uh, a little less to worry about with them. So they instead of yeah. you know dropping points to Lazio this week, they actually picked up uh two points on Lazio in these two matches. So, and they're they're level with uh their you know stadium rivals um behind in the standings technically because of the head-to-head and everything, but Inter also dropped I mean, points yeah. late yesterday to Monza. That was a shocking result. Um, yeah. So Roma actually, in spite of, dro- of dropping two points, nearly three at the San Siro, actually picked up ground on Lazio and Inter um, yeah. and, and keep within six of Milan. And they're six In spite Juve. of themselves, they might actually get Champions League football through the league this year. Though I have to imagine that, you know, Mourinho is known as a cup coach. Uh, yeah. So I have to imagine that as we progress with the Euro- Europa League and the Coppa Italia, that he will be keeping an eye on that and probably making some challenging decisions uh, yeah. about what should be prioritized. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We we talked about this all last year, too, with the Conference League. Now, the Europa League's a step up in terms of teams you're going to be playing early in the composition, right? We're, we're playing Leipzig or Salzburg right away, who is a drop down from the Champions League, much different than playing uh who'd we play the first round of the 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 conference like last year i don't remember we had like a bind and we played somebody but um before leicester we played um was it no final it was a final Final i can't remember um Hmm. final was a final i think right yes it was yeah i can't remember (laughs) i'll look it up while we're chatting but um (laughs) yeah I think it's going to be very difficult if Roma can't get into a groove to to finish top four because you look yeah. at the table and you have and that's just all the all the top six have played seventeen matches and then Atalanta's played sixteen they played tomorrow recording Sunday night Napoli finally lost a match they're on forty four points uh, Juve thirty seven Juve quietly has I think pulled off nine in a row. And get this, I was shocked when I saw this the other day. Juve's only given up seven goals all season in 17 matches. I was shocked wow. because they play ugly, ugly football. And, you know, yeah. Allegri's been getting killed on social media. And they yeah. eked out two late wins this week to get six more points. And despite not playing very well, um, especially early in the season, one of their worst starts in, hit, in recent years, and they're only yeah. seven points off the top, and they play at Napoli on Friday, and things can get really tight if they win that match, and all of a sudden there's a Scudetto race again, and Juve's right in it. When we thought Juve was probably battling for top four, uh, Milan level with them yeah. on 37 with the two drop points today, Inter 34, Lazio and Roma 31, and Atalanta could be on 31 with a win tomorrow. Um, they're on 28, and they play, I believe, um, I believe it's Cremonese tomorrow. I'm trying to see. Um, no, they have Bologna tomorrow, so... Could be three teams tied for fifth, basically. Um, Inter yeah. three ahead of them. It's it's going to be very difficult in, in Serie A. It's going to be difficult, but at the same time, this is why you sign players like Paolo Dybala, right? This is why you sign players like Tammy Abraham. We There's plenty. One of the reasons why I found this season so frustrating for as a Romanista is that 
this is arguably one of the most talented squads that we've had in a long time. And especially with the forwards, like coming to the season, I viewed this forward rotation as probably one of the deepest in Serie A. Since then, Volpato has become a viable rotation option. We've signed Ola Solbakken. Like, this mm-hmm. should be a good forward rotation. And it has simply, like, ridiculously underperformed. Um, and the hope is Solbakken will be better than Shimorodov, right? Yeah. So, I mean, theoretically, this team had, I know this team has a lot of talent. And that is why I'm, like, cautiously optimistic about Roma's chances for getting Champions League football. Because I know that there's talent here and the law of averages, you know, things generally balance out towards zero. And I think that considering how many frustrating matches there were in the first half of the season, I would hope that things go a little bit more Roma's way in the second half. Yeah. And I, I looked back at the conference league knockout round from last year because I had I had to refresh our memories. It was uh the Dutch I Viteze that they beat in the round of sixteen before Bodo and then um Leicester and then Feyenoord in the final and 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 you know the point was going back to that was you're just going to play tougher teams in the Europa League than you are there right Salzburg right away a much tougher task and you have to play in the round of 32 because you didn't win your group so it's going to be it's going to be a challenge either way so Mourinho can't just peg the Europa League like he did last year with the conference league and say you know what we could win this this thing we're one of the top three favorites or whatever Roma's gonna have to get into a groove I think by February by the time they play Salzburg because Salzburg's gonna be a tough customer um I think having Jeannie Winhalden back hopefully will kind of add balance to the midfield I know there's been a lot of um, Fratesi rumors I'd love to have Fratesi come in January I don't know if they're gonna be able to make that happen um they probably have to find a pretty sweet deal with Sassuolo for that because Sassuolo is not that far from safety believe it or not I think they're in 15th and they're only a few points uh above the teams in the drop zone so how willing they are to let him go they're in 16th on 16 points seven head of Samp yeah um the bottom three is in a lot of trouble right now because they're there's some distance between 17th and 18th with Spezia and Sam, but yeah. um, it's going to be hard to get him, I think, because Roma doesn't have the funds to say, here, here's 40 million euros. We'll take them, um, you know, take off our 30% discount. We'll still give you like 30 million or whatever. Um, I, I think they're going to have to sweeten it probably with Volpato and Bove, maybe a loan with um, a couple installments. Like maybe we saw the Locatelli deal pulled off by Juve, something like that. But I yeah. don't see how you immediately upgrade the midfield unless Tahirovic continues to improve. And again, he's 19. Yeah. So how much can you expect from him? And then I think it's yeah. got to be when Haldem kind of bounces back fairly quickly and can at least give you one match a week at the beginning and then can kind of work into a full on, um, you know, role, so to speak, if they get to like the round of 16 and maybe the quarterfinals um, yeah. in those two match weeks, because, you know, it's hard to say because we didn't know, we don't know how much he was going to give us to begin with because he played, I think it was like 15 minutes and then he got that injury in training by Felix and, and, and it kind of derailed all of Mourinho's plans. Genie was the, the big signing outside of Dybala. So we're all, it's all hypotheticals right now until we see what he really has, but the midfield, I think is the, the biggest area that needs help. Yeah, I definitely agree that the midfield is where it needs help. Tiago Pinto's comments recently about the January Mercato don't make it really seem like we're going to be getting anything no. in January. Uh, which I understand from a financial point of view, it's frustrating from a we really need to get Champions League point of view. But as I said before, this is a talented squad. I think that the trick really should be more just getting them to play the right way. We were talking about tactical changes we could make to the midfield to make it kind of flow more well. I think that having Wijnaldum, 
as a balance to the, to a Matic or Cristante or Tahirovic type will really do wonders once he's healthy. I do wonder how long it'll take for him to be up to full speed. That's my yeah. biggest worry. Um, I don't I don't really know. I think that a lot is riding on that just as much as it's riding on Zaniolo rediscovering his good form. Yeah, it, it's going to be very important because you, we talk about how far Tammy's got to drop back. Dybala's got to play a little more with, withdrawn and, and help out the midfield at times. Um, you know, and I, <laughs> there were times when, and Dybala didn't have a great match. It was his first 90-minute match in a while. and But there was that one play in the box in the first half where he kind of almost dribbled three people. And you're like, he's got so much class. And I just hope it doesn't get to the point where Roma has such a bad season where he realizes, like, he's almost too good for this team, so to speak. And he's out the door in a couple of years yeah. or a year, or even after this year, because his, his value's up and Roma can cash in like that, that I think Roma's going to want to sell him. And I think yeah. he will stick around for at least a couple seasons. Um, but you just hope it doesn't get to that point. Cause yeah. if they go a couple seasons without champions league football, a guy like that's not going to want to stick around. He's too good for that. Um, yeah, I hundred percent agree there. Hopefully Tammy gets going and, and gives him that strike partner and they could really start to, to make magic up front. I think that's going to be big, but I think it has to start in the midfield. And I think it has to continue next week. Um, hopefully these guys can kind of balance things out and, and beat Fiorentina going to have to beat Fiorentina because the following week is Napoli. And then it, it could get real dicey. If you drop points to Fiorentina um, at the Olympico, actually Spezia is uh, first. I'm there's three weekends left in the month, but so it's uh, the Copa Thursday against Genoa Fiorentina at home on the 15th at Spezia on the 22nd, and then away to Napoli on the 29th. So I think it's got to got to kind of get a run of three three wins between the Copa and the league, build a little momentum heading to Napoli, and just give it your best shot over there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot riding on the next couple of weeks. I, 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 it, I'm going to be crossing big. my fingers. It's really big. When you see how tight yeah. the table is, if you drop points to Fiorentino, you drop points to Spezia, and then you go to Napoli, which is going to be a difficult match to win. We saw that because they came to the Olympic and beat us in that one nothing win it's going to be hard to beat them down there even harder where if you get a draw, you're almost happy with that. Right. So if you go down there expecting to drop at least two points, which at based on the way things have been going, it's kind of got to be the realistic expectation. And then if three would be a, a, a bonus, uh, you need six in the, in the, in the two before that, I think January is a big month. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's just hope that it's a good one. Um, I don't have much more to say beyond that. It's just, you know, there's a lot riding on the next couple of weeks. Uh, I have some faith. I have some faith, uh, but not too much because Roma has definitely disappointed us in the <laughs> they, past. <laughs> they, they they took away all my faith until about the 80th minute. Then they restored it just a little bit today where they gave me that little bit of hope where I was like, all right, like my whole thing is, and this this is what bugs me when they play these big teams. They, they kind of hold the horses back a little bit, as Wayne Gerard said um in yeah. his post-match comments on twitter like you got these horses up front i know you want to limit damage but at some point you got to take a shot against one of these teams i don't know like I, it was kind of the opposite against atalanta where they were the ones holding back and they found the goal and that's kind of like what we'd like to do with these teams and it never seems to work out i just feel like you got if tammy starts kind of rounding into form and you've got dibala who's getting match fit again and fully fit for 90 minutes and you can kind of maybe unleash on Zaniola a little bit, like maybe press teams a little bit, maybe try to give them a little more pressure than sitting back and absorb pressure and conceding 70% possession. I know you're at the San Siro, but man, like give it a shot. This isn't working. When you go to Napoli, maybe go at them a little bit. I don't know. I just, and I know yeah. we'll have time to talk about Napoli in a couple of weeks, but it just gets very frustrating. Yeah. Let's yeah. 
And I'm usually yeah. very optimistic as a sports fan. And this team is one of the teams that has kind of beaten it out of me the last couple of seasons. They've kind it of beaten definitely, it out of me. Definitely feels like that. I can agree with that. <laughs> and I know yeah. Brent put let's, out that let's tweet hope that about, 20... uh, yeah. Toti and De Rossi today. I'm like, yeah, I, my formative years as a Roma fan, I was spoiled. I had Toti, De Rossi. They weren't winning a ton. They won a couple Copas and, you know, and they pushed into yeah. a couple times in the 90s, uh, late 2000s. But um, man, like it's it's been rough the past couple of seasons. And I just hope that, we can kind of find those the belief in the last 10 minutes that the players kept somehow and, and found a way to get a point yeah. and kind of turn it into more than that. Cause I missed the champions league. Yeah. I miss the champions league too. Uh, I think that this club can get there. I think that yeah. I, I think this club can get there and that will make things a lot easier if we, once we get back there. Yeah. Inter seems to be the, the most likely candidate to be jumped at this point. So let's hope they can, keep it together until they face them in May and and give it our best shot late in the season. So another busy week ahead with the Copa gym and uh, we'll have everything on the site and anything you want to leave the listeners with before we uh, finish up with this one. Cross your fingers and press your thumbs. Yeah. Let's we just, got, let's just not lose to another city B side, right? <laughs> Seriously. Let's, yeah. let's beat them. Let's not pull like we did against Betsy a couple of years ago. And, uh, Let's let's move to the next round there and then focus on Fiorentina on Sunday and hopefully get a W there. And hopefully we'll be back next weekend talking about a couple wins. And Brandon thought he was going to get away with missing a, another loss, I think, today. That's why Brandon wasn't here, but the boys proved him wrong. He'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back, hopefully for wins, just for Roma's sake, not so much for his. But uh, thanks again yeah. for listening. Keep up with the site. We'll have all of our, our match day coverage for the Copa and next weekend's match against Fiorentina. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>